Welcome everyone to another edition of LaTarte on Location. Today's location appears to be my second home, Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Foyt Wine Vault, which, A, I didn't know this existed, and it's outstanding. If you're ever here near the Speedway, you need to check it out. But that brings me to my guest, the driver for Foyt's IndyCar Series, the 2004 champion, 2013 Indy 500 winner, TK, TK, Tony Kanan, thanks for joining me, bud. Oh, you're welcome, bro. Thank you. It's thanks uh, for coming to me. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. That was the whole idea. Listen, I started this podcast with the idea that we were going to go out and meet with people where they're comfortable in their setting, and uh, you, you have a wine vault next to your race shop. Yeah, so that's like, pretty kind of cool. Although, listen, you are on my, my crappy list a little bit. When I thought I was going to talk to you, <laughs> I'd already bought my ticket. I was heading south. To go to Miami. Two decades you live there, right? Uh, yeah, 22 years. And uh, so, so why am I in Indy? Well, when I signed a contract with – Foyt, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I actually asked, you know, the team was actually based in Texas. Right. And we're, we've been trying to, to grow the team, to improve the team, you know, the quality of the people and so on. And what happened was we um, we couldn't get enough people to move to Texas because, <laughs> I know all about you, know, that. you know, you know how it goes. So I said, AJ, I need my car in Indianapolis mm-hmm. because I think I can get some of my guys that I've yep. been working with for many years. So I brought my engineer to the team that has been with me for 20 years since my Indy Lights oh, days. Man. And we then I had felt, him on. he could have yeah, told oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife's from here. Right. Yep. I knew that just yeah. down the street, like an hour away or so. Yep, an hour yep. away. So, and then I spend a lot of time here and I felt that once I did that, it, the commitment on my part would be, I need to be near the shop. So right. I came, I have a lot of friends here. I spent, like I said, I spent a lot of time. I mean, even living in Miami, I was, you know, three times a month I was here. Yeah, right. So we have small kids. Uh, we thought it was better to raise the kids here in the Midwest mm-hmm. as well. So it made sense, and we moved a year ago. Yeah, I don't ever want to compete. I follow you on social media. If you don't follow him, he's a great follow, and he wins on the frequent flyer miles. <laughs> I can't keep up. You're flying everywhere. Um, so let's talk about uh, – we're going to go all the way back. We're going to talk your career, Indy 500. have so many questions for you, but we are here because you are the current driver for A.J. Foyt. Mm-hmm. Talk about, A, you mentioned the car is here because of you, but the other car is in Houston. Is He's that in right? Houston, yes. So, so we all know you're the driver, but what's your other role? Like why are you here other than being a driver? Um, you know, it got to a point when, uh, you know, I decided that I, I got – Two years ago, let's go back. Two years ago, I got to the point that after I was done racing for Chip, um, I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I was into to that point. It says, you know, I won everything I wanted to win. You know, we, we come, I'm not, I didn't have a great year that year. You're kind of debating what you're going to do. And yep. I felt that I needed a challenge. And the challenge was when I sat down with Larry, Foyt, and AJ, it was to bring this team up to, a level that mm-hmm. I think AJ expects, and uh, his last name almost demands, it, right? I mean, yeah, you're I a mean, legend and, like that, and like the a number. I mean, it's yeah. it's you know he, he, it is. So it was something that motivated me uh, big time, you know. So I, I my role in the team is wasn't just come here to drive. I think right. it was it's actually to rebuild the team, mm-hmm. and in the team, I mean, you know. And probably the listen the people that listen to you they do too, but some people don't. It, it's not one person, right? right? It's 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 about all your guys, and so I brought more credibility to the team. ABC as a sponsor was happy that I was coming. It's a big name, and and so I brought. I have right now, so throughout my career, I have six guys that had worked with me. Wow! Uh, so I brought them here, you know, and and as you know, Steve, it's uh, you know when you're not winning. 
people want to win. And when you're not winning, it's really hard to get people to come to work for you. Because <laughs> my quote is, winning fixes everything. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it, it, so um, th- that's my role. And my role is to keep the team together, but also is actually to take the team to the next level. And having said that, we had a great year last year, and this year has been the worst year we're having. So it's even my road's even bigger now to not to let the team fall apart because, as you know, you know, it's really easy when you're not doing well to point fingers and even people that you work for years, you know. And the, the, the biggest thing, I think you face that too, it's, it's you kind of question yourself, have we been together for too long? Right, absolutely. And you question yourself, am I still good? Yeah. Or is everybody else got better? And and so all those things we're trying to figure out. But that's one of my roles is to bring this team together. My quote, um, I used to get this question a lot when I was at Hendrick. And they said, what's the best part about working at Hendrick Motorsports? I said, well, that Mr. Hendrick provides equipment that can win. And I said, well, what's the worst thing about it? And I was like, well, that Mr. Hendrick provides equipment that can win. <laughs> because in the end... Racing is so humbling, and it's not just racing. I think one thing that I've found in my travels now that I work for NBC and running into other sports people, sports are humbling. Racing, football, doesn't matter what you do. Someone out there is faster, stronger, quicker, smarter, and you're just Correct. trying to figure out a way. Um, so that's good. We're going we're gonna to touch on the thing. Let's go all the way back. So you mentioned where you were at, A.J. Foyt. So you mentioned it. Indy Lights champ in 1997, champ car rookie of the year in '98 fascinating but what i really need your help with is help a nascar guy when i go back into the open wheel history books irl indy racing league champ car it i won't lie it's confusing right yeah. nascar has been fortunate uh-huh. uh, um, i'll even go as far as great leadership and lucky mm-hmm. that it's all stayed together for so long well we we actually helped that too i yeah, think i you think know. so because with the happened, split yeah. when that happened we gave it we get you know it's lucky like you said yeah. it's part of it you know we, so so take us back um, IndyCar was around forever. How did how did it all go down from your view as a young driver back well, then? Well, I was really young, and I wasn't even actually uh, – I just missed the split by a year, Okay, actually. Um, growing up, I did go-karts, uh, a lot of go-karts in Brazil. Then I was in Europe. I was actually wanted it to be a, a Formula 1 driver. Yeah, right, right. Right, and uh, so this opportunity came at the end of 95 to come. I used to be sponsored by Philip Morris, and uh, – um, obviously, growing up, um, I lost my dad. I was 13 years old, so I had no money. I had no sponsorship, so I depend on people. I decided that I wanted to be a professional race car driver. If that meant that I was going to be a go-kart driver and getting right. paid, that's what I was going to do. Yep. So in my view, I think, you know, it's easy to say from the outside, but I think it was it was difficult times in a lot of people's egos that mm-hmm. created, you know, the split. And... and it was more of a, you know. So the I split for the ones that are listening. So Foundationally, it was, between, it was because I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, the family that owns Indianapolis and Motor Usac. Speedway and USAC. And they so basically, they, they didn't agree. I mean, Tony didn't agree with USAC. And then I guess, I don't know the the, yeah, right. the, the real, yeah, real deal. Right. Obviously, but that's where just, the split but happened. And then they, I guess they got Tony mad. And Tony says, all right, then. Right, he had. You know, the, he has the. This speedway. is what I have. Yeah, exactly. And I'll show you guys. And then you know he did. He did. He got. You know, but I think it hurt everybody. Right. Tony ended up spending a ton of money to to create IRL at the time, yep. and finally in in the end of uh, 2008, if I'm not mistaken, we all no. came we, back together. We came yeah, back so together. So for the listeners, basically Tony George, we keep pointing and talking the speedway. Well, when you're in Indianapolis, there's only one speedway in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, his family owned it, and he created the IRL with with that speedway as its background. They had the Indy 500 and Champ Car 
Went Champ camp- Car went when we had nothing. With Champ Car yeah, racing, yeah, we right? had obviously Mostly street courses, all street, street and road courses. We yeah. did a few ovals, and actually, our Indy 500 became became the Michigan 500. Right. Oh yes. Which, if you've never year. seen an open wheel car go around Michigan, <laughs> hold your breath. So, uh, and 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 they tried for years. They fought, and uh, we mm-hmm. had two series, and then. Um, like anything in racing, it's uh, led by the manufacturers. That's right. And one time, you know, Roger, obviously Roger Penske, uh, it's well, very well known for his passion for the Speedway. He decided that he was going to leave Champ Car right. and join IRL at the time. And that's when everything started right. to shift. And, that, and and it's unfair speaking for them, but in my opinion, it's very simple, right? He wanted to race across the street. He, I mean, he, this is the race for us to win. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. For the NASCAR guys, it's, you know, yeah, it's the I Daytona 500. So he, this is it. I mean, I, I don't think IndyCar would have survived. Yeah. If this, if this place is gone, we would never have. I mean, I don't think we have enough. The best quote ever uh, after this year was Simon Pagano. They said, someone said, well, how do you think it's going to be? And I said, he just won everything at the – at the speedway for Roger Penske, he's pretty well off. Yeah. Like, like I that, don't think that. you should worry about anything. <laughs> I don't think you should worry. All right, so so that was the split. You helped me with that, but then you end up as the Champ Car Rookie of the Year in '98. Yep. yep. And then end up at the IRL though in what? Oh, two oh three. Two thousand three for Andretti Green. For Andretti Green. So at the end of two thousand two, um, Honda was moving full time mm. to IRL at the time. You know, which is IndyCar now, and. Between them and Dario Franchitti, which is a dear good friend of mine. Oh, we're going to get into him later. So, um, so just to warn you, I went to the Scotch tasting at the 500. Oh, did you? And then had a couple cocktails Ooh, with him and his international buddies and okay. uh, Lee Diffie. So uh-huh. I, got, I got all kinds of stuff right. for you on that. So Dario was actually well, uh, had a big role on my hiring at Andretti okay. Green. Because so he drove there. He was there already in Champ Car, and mm. then he moved. He okay. was moving to IndyCar as well. And uh, between them and Honda, they brought me uh, to know. It was actually my my break, breakthrough. It was the the big team. I right, finally right, made right. it, and uh, you know, we, um, and that's when I started it. Really, my uh, my winning streak and the championship. I gave Honda their first win. Uh, I gave uh, our first race ever with with Michael Andretti. Uh, I was sitting on the pole. Um, and then we won the championship in 04. Yeah, 04, you won the championship. So when I hear Earnhardt, I see Goodwrench. When I hear Petty, I see STP, Jeff Gordon's DuPont. When someone says TK or Tony Kanaan, I mean, no offense to ABC, they're great partners, but I see that green 7-Eleven. Like, yeah. like that is, that's you. As a, in 04, let's see, I was a car chief in the NASCAR world, but a huge race fan. That's Tony. Like, I could pick you out of the pack. Yeah, I mean, uh, that it still is. I mean, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that, uh, you know, ABC is a great sponsor of AJ's. They've been with AJ for 15 years. And then 7-Eleven, actually, since they left the full-time sponsorship, right. they actually been sponsoring me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so Good I'm decision a, on their I'm part. kind of like an, an ambassador yeah, for them. Sure. And, uh, you know, it is. I mean, when you talk about, you know, and my, my like you said, like, like Enhart, you know, if you talk, I can always, always remember that's, that's the it. number three in the black car. Yeah, right, that's you know, it. And then yeah. and it's the same thing. Like Dale Jr., even with the famous schemes, I have a hard time going back to Budweiser. The Budweiser. You, you know, there is this brand I identity. Agree. So I ask you this question a little as a fan but more as a competitor. Um, so when I became Jeff's crew chief, we had a good year in 06. 07, we won a ton of races. And Jimmy Johnson won the last four of the last five, finished second to him in points. Never had more heartbreak than I've ever experienced in my life. If I could go back, 
I would have appreciated everything more. Like I think when it comes, you don't appreciate it or whatever. So I'm going to ask you as a guy with such a long-standing career, success so quick, winning and won that championship. Looking back, an older Tony, if you were going to write to the younger Tony, did you appreciate that 04 championship enough? Like, did you celebrate it? Did you know what you had accomplished? Actually, yes. That's um, great because I've got that question answered multiple ways. Like Dan Jr. would tell you some victories, oh, he celebrated. Others he took for granted. The thing is, if you think about it, I started in 98. So mm -hmm. that was 2004. So it was six years So you years had felt already, the struggle. Right. I felt the struggle. And I, it took me, okay, I won a race in 99. But then 2000, 2001, 2002, I didn't win a single race. Right. So you had that, felt the down. Exactly. I would say the only thing that I don't think I really appreciated that year was I finished every lap of every race. Note. Yeah, like 3,035 laps yeah, or something. Some, I don't even know the number. It's over 3,000 because I was shocked. But obviously I won the championship. For me, it didn't matter. Correct. And then you, when you talk about every lap, you're talking about an oval, I could have finished eighth and a, a lap down. Yeah, yeah, because you were running some, I mean, they weren't all two-and-a-half-mile speedways. No, there was exactly. a lot of issues Exa that could have happened. Exactly. And, then, uh, and my worst, actually, result that year was eighth. That's amazing. I finished eighth That's or amazing. better. So I think that I didn't realize because it has, hasn't been done yeah, oh yeah, since. No, no, those numbers are going to stand. I'm willing to go on a record. They're going to stand the test of time. I mean, that is, that is an impressive so, year. So uh, that's probably the only thing that I didn't appreciate. Right. But the championship right. I did, oh, I celebrated quite a bit. Me and well, Dan good. and, you know, Dario at the end of the year. So, so um, I love Ray Evernham, and I'm talking to you today because he gave me a job sweeping the floor. But the one thing he taught me, the one negative thing he taught me, and I've told him this, is he was so driven that we would win a race and walk into victory lane, he would talk about what we need next week. And I told myself, nope, I'm not going to be like that. If I win a race, boy, it's going to be on. I did okay with Gordon. When I got with Dale Jr., man, we saw a lot of sunrises. Because if we won a race, we, we went all night, and, and it was worth it. That's why I asked you that question. I love the fact that you celebrated it. As I was doing my research, so many cool things happened on the track, but one that I wasn't aware of. Tell me about the 06 helmet swap. So I read about this. It was an interesting thing. I, I, so I had seen pictures, mm -hmm. but I didn't know the story. So in 2006, Rubens Barrichello, yep. you wore his ski. He was racing. Obviously, the, you know, the three big races that weekend is what? Best day in motorsports. Yeah. Monaco. Charlotte, yeah, yeah. Starts at Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. The 500 and the Coke 600. That's it. You know. So that year, you know, it, I mean, which it's funny because I'll tell you the rest of the story. But right. talking to Rubens, we grew up together. Uh, when my dad passed, he's actually his dad became actually my dad and then helped me out. So he's kind of like a brother to me. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, Rubens, look, you know, Rubens was always like, man, one day I wanted to do the Indy 500, but I don't think I ever will. Right. Yeah. And then I said. Because he's busy that day. Yeah. And I said, same thing with me. I would love to do Monaco. He says, well, I think we have a way. You can race my helmet in Monaco, and I can race your helmet in Indy, That's and awesome. then we'll be fine. So we swap helmets, and uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, still up to this day, I have fans coming over with his yeah. picture right. in Monaco. And every time I see and I have actually uh, a big poster in my house, a big photo that it's me. That's awesome. You know, yeah. it's him right, driving right. with my helmet yeah, in right, Monaco. Right. So. I thought it was that because, you know, so the NASCAR world, closed cockpit, the helmet identity kind of goes away. But in the open-wheel cars, and now that NBC has IndyCar, other than probably Pagano's car, 
let's just be clear. Y'all run so fast that I have a hard time can, can locating. So it's almost helmet color. Yeah. Like I start to pick, pick guys out. And the interesting thing about open-wheel guys, so in NASCAR, your helmet kind of goes with your sponsor. Yeah, they don't have like a paint scheme. Like mine, Steve, it's my, it's my first paint scheme when I was eight years old. It's right. still the same. I, so I love that part. Colors have changed yeah, because, right. like you said, sometimes yeah. the sponsor. But like the design right. is exactly yeah, the same. from go-karting, this is what you yeah, wear. Yeah, so if you see a picture of me when I was yeah. eight and you see it today, it's the same helmet. So my son, um, I'm proud to say he's a little bit of a racing aficionado. He loves it, and uh, he races dirt. Long story short, his helmet schemes have been the same. And I asked him once why, and he said, Dad, because all the cool open-wheel guys did it. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So, <laughs> That's so. kind of our personality, you know. And actually, it's funny because the story of mine, if you guys you guys are listening, just, just Google my name and look at my helmet. But I have two stripes yep. that go behind the visor. And uh, so Dad, when I start racing, Dad said, look, you have to have a helmet painted. Mm-hmm. You have to design your helmet. Yep. So I'll help you out. You Granted, I was eight. Yeah, right, right. He says, what do you want? Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I said, I don't know. that. He says, well, what do you like? So one of my best friends in school, which is still a good friend of mine up to this day, he was this blonde kid, long hair, was extremely successful with girls. And he used to put his hair behind his ears. Oh, okay. Right? Like the fl- yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and then the girls love him, ponytails. And <laughs> my hair, it's horrible. It grows <laughs> up. I have an afro big time. And I thought about it. I said, Dad, how about like two stripes? So he was actually yeah. imitating a hair of you know, oh, one of my best friends. That is awesome. <laughs> that is spectacular. Who knew we were going to get the helmet design? That That is some cool stuff. But, yeah, it stuck. My son, like you said, he loves the helmet. So – we could talk about all of your racing teams and all this stuff, but but I think that jumps out more than me than teams are the teammates. Yeah, that's some um, tough ones. You've had good ones, tough ones, this one's that one. So you are a hard-nosed racer um, who drives for a hard-nosed racer, mm-hmm. which I love all of this. Danica, Dario, Marco. Zanardi, Horta. I mean, the list is long. Dixon. Um, Even Elio, right, way back in lights? Elio and Indy lights, I mean, you name it. So actually the good thing about that, is like after all these people that I named, yeah. if you tell me, I don't know, Chase Elliott, it's coming to be your teammate, I'll bring it on. Yeah, right. So, so that's know, what I was going to say. Richard Petty is coming yeah, back. Right. We'll bring it on. You've seen it all. <laughs> you, know, you know? So do you have, I, I guess they all brought something, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, because every team that I've had brought something. So when I look at somebody like, we'll use Marco, mm-hmm. right, because he's younger. Mm-hmm. Um Famously, he has the last name. I mean, like, right? He has a lot of pressure, pressure that I have no idea. I don't. Me neither. I, I'm not even going to pretend I understand. What is someone like Marco? When you had to race with him, you know, is he look to a guy like you as a veteran? How does yeah. that all work? Because well, he has so many people to lean on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when he came, one of my roles in that team it was to kind of help him out too. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really young, and because I was, if you look at the, you know, Brian Hurt, Dario, myself and then Marco, and then we swapped, and Danica came, but Marco was the youngest. I was the next guy, so right. it was kind of like yep. I was the closest thing, and, you know, Dari was married, and I was still, like, partying yep. with Marco yep. and all the stuff, so we got a lot closer, but Michael kind of asked him, asked me, look, I mean, please right. teach him everything you can. Right. Up, up to a point that, you know, I think, uh, you know, yes, he did, and he did listen to me a lot, actually, uh, um, in the beginning and then obviously eventually you have to you know to let the kid i mean i'm not saying i'm responsible for it no no but at some point yeah i i was successful already 
and I think he, uh, you know, his first year, he almost won the 500. I know. I, 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 that was, is, uh, um, you know, one downshift actually that he did going into turn three. That's cost him the race, and that was just experience. But uh, yeah, I mean, what I've learned with him, actually, like you said, I, 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 I through the, throughout my career, I had the toughest people, and they won. If you put the championships that my teammates have won mm -hmm. together, it's crazy yeah, how right. talented they are. And uh, with him. It was more of seeing that pressure, man. And, you know, I think you experienced that with Dave as well. But, like, I now actually I use that now as I have an 11-year-old kid that is not interested in racing. My 4-year-old, <laughs> it's extremely interested. And that is my biggest fear, Steve. Right. It's, That's right. it's not about, you know, I know it's dangerous. We all know all the spiel. It yep. doesn't matter. It is like you are you're a canon. Oh, your, your you, name. You know what I mean. So, uh, so this is what I explained. Your name is going to open doors that n will never be open. But with every door your child walks through, the pressure gets more intense. So, and, and it, I don't know is, how to avoid it. That's, that's exactly, and that's what I think. I've, I've, I've watching Marco how that actually waits on him, and actually it goes even further, right? Because how about Michael? Oh yeah, with right. Mario. Yeah, so right, it's been, right. it's been like a. A family. I, I'm not gonna call it curse because it's not. They're no. they're great. They 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 exactly. you know they be, it, they live real. But, but it's real, man. So, so that's something that actually uh, I've learned how to appreciate. So that's the pressure of a last name in history. Mm -hmm. How about Danica's pressure as a female? Well, Danica was different, right? And Danica, I think because uh, I think there's still pressure. I mean, she's carrying like a, and she was the first one, right? The first one, I mean. Yeah, that's we right. had all the Not girls, the first, but, but in today's world, the, the most media successful, coverage, the media, yeah, right. Yes, and and I've, I've seen, um, you know, a big change on her. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, she was not there the first two years, but then she joined our team, and and you know, the pressure to win and trying to, you know, at the time. Nowadays, I mean, we're talking about more than a decade ago. It was yeah. today. It's more equal. You know, we're fighting for, you know to be an equal sport everywhere i mean yeah, every, exactly it, it's just but the fact is the fact it the is. fact is 10 years it, ago it, it, it when was she not. showed up on the landscape and she led the D indianapolis 500 that was a not a not an indie story not a national story that was a worldwide story oh, yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. she's carrying well more than one 100 percent. and then and then then you talk about you know she achieved a something that no other woman has mm -hmm. and then then you have the series that needs desperate needs attention, right. then then focus everything on yeah. that, which you have it everywhere. Yeah. And then you start getting guys really mad about it, but not because she was a girl. It's just because, well, Buddy Rice actually won the 500 that year, but only pe people only knew that she led the 500 and she finished fourth. Right, right. That and, was and, all and the she sport. doesn't ask for the attention, but she gets it, and other people get jealous of it. And, and that's then, just and part then of it's even more like it actually created her, it made her even tougher because right. now all of a sudden right. people are jealous about that too. Yep. So it's, you know, it's different when, I don't know, like like Dale Jr. or then Jimmy Johnson or, or Jeff, when you guys dominated so much, you get booed sometimes because yeah, right. people don't want to. Well, but then you go, you know, whatever, man. Yeah, right, yeah. We're part still it. winning. It's right. part of it. Right. But she wasn't winning. Right. And getting more attention than, than people that are right. setting records and stuff. And that actually didn't sit well with some of the guys. For me, I was her teammate. Um, yeah. I knew exactly what. But, 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 but you're right. It was actually a, it was a learning experience how she had to fight her way in of everything. Mm -hmm. Because then all of a sudden, then you get to the racetrack and the people that, the, the drivers, 
they will give her more of a hard time right, too. Right. In on the track, yeah, which exactly. you guys will never see what's happening That's because right. we can't. I cannot even try to explain how sudden you can close a door on somebody or bump. We don't bump each other, but anyway. Well, that's what happened when Dale Jr. went out with a concussion. We had Regan Smith get in our car, and that's when it became clear. Is I watched him and Kyle racing at the 600. Quick story. And Kyle closed the door getting into one that he would have never done to Dale Jr. So Dale would have sent him up the fit. And Regan, so to your point, that's just a, a younger driver with Danica paint scheme, very easy to know who's who, and they raced her differently. And I will say on the NASCAR side, this is the, my easy answer because I get to cop out, is I'm not a race car driver, so she's 100 times the race car driver I'll ever be. Um, mm-hmm. And then everybody goes, well, you should ask race car drivers. And I said, well, if you find me a race car driver who doesn't think they're the best, then they're not going to be very good <laughs> exactly. either. Exactly. So, so that's a pretty easy one. We talked about some teammates. So I want to talk about one guy and an awful day. We, this is something that um, – so I've grown up since I, was, since I can remember. I napped at racetracks in New England. This is all I've ever done. The one thing that is consistent from go-karting to late models to IndyCar, it does not matter, and it's not oval. Drag racing, it doesn't matter. Is Racing is dangerous. It mm-hmm. is it – is, inherently dangerous and i remember the de- like there are moments in time I, w- I remember how we ran in the 2001 daytona 500 i was loading the car when the accident had like i remember everything around earnhardt i remember kenny Irwin at new hampshire crystal clear when it happened in practice like there are moments in time there was a late model driver that was killed when i was eight or nine years old at was cassett i can remember it just like this i remember that las vegas race where Dan was involved in that huge accident, ended up losing his life because of it. I remember seeing the coverage. I remember seeing the the salute as drivers you guys did. A, I'm not going to say take me back. Like, what are your memories you care to share? And what did that moment do personally, professionally, driver, series, just everything, right? Because it created a ripple, much like Earnhardt, much like everyone else. The most important thing I look back on all these injuries and all these deaths is that there's something that moves forward because of it. 100%. Um, so I'm not an IndyCar guy, right? I mean, so I don't mind, I don't mind sharing, guy. Steve. I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a fact, right? You can't hide it. Um, obviously, um, I, if this was, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I probably have more of a hard time right. talking about it. But that race, actually, I, was, I led the entire race. Mm-hmm. Um, I started on the pole, so I actually, thankfully, I wasn't in the back there when, Everything right. happened, but I was the first guy to drive around it. Right. Um, I mean, you know, that was a, a crucial point of actually my career as well. I'll take you guys back. I raced for Michael for almost a decade, and 7-Eleven decided that at the end of 2010, they had their time, yep. and they were leaving. I had a five-year deal left in my contract. And Michael came to me and says, it was late in the season, and he said, I can't fulfill your contract. Um, we got into an agreement, and I was free. Right, right. But, you know, free in October. <laughs> yeah, right. When the season is over and everybody already have mm-hmm. plans for next year. Um, I landed at, at KV Racing with Jimmy Vassar, a good yep. friend of mine. Um, and, you know, it was... A small team, you know, last minute. I mean, I signed a contract five days before the first race, so I missed all the winter testing, everything, and we had a great year. That was in 11. Um, so when that accident happened, I actually, so I already, I hadn't had won the 500 yet, but I had won the championship. I actually debated, that was my contract was up with Jimmy because mm-hmm. we did a last minute one-year yeah, right, deal. I'm right. like, I'm done with this 
something. This is so brutal. Blah blah blah. That was my first. Um, it was like anger, right? Because yeah. I've have obviously, I had lost my dad. Uh, Senna, I was really close to Senna, and and then Senna died in '93. I'm like, you know, this is. You kind of get angry at the sport. Absolutely. You know? Then I had, you know, I went away for two weeks. I, I, I told Lori, my wife, I said, I just need to go away. She went with me and we talked and we talked. And, and, and to be honest, uh, I came back and I said, you know, my, I'm, the first question I asked was, Dan was extremely close to me. So we spent a lot of time together. I mean, in Miami, he would stay in my house all the time. We'd travel, not just for the races. Um, I said, what would Dan right. would like me to do? If, mm-hmm. if I could ask him that one last question, if mm-hmm. that was the question. And I know exactly how he was going to answer, which I don't even think I can say here because it would be <laughs> half of it would be cursing. Right. So I said, you know what? No. I mean, it's, this is, we, we got to keep it going. And we got to, you know, keep his legacy, obviously, try to help Susie and his kids. He had two young kids at the time. And, and that, from that point on, we, create the, we created the Drivers Association, mm-hmm. which I'm, uh, you know, part of, I helped yep. run it. We became, obviously, the communication between drivers and IndyCar became a lot better. We gained a little bit of force. It's not a union. We don't, yeah. but actually we have our own opinion about safety. Try and to connect them. One to voice is definitely better. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, and, and I know even on the NASCAR side, when you talk about it, I know there are races that we need to race because it's part of it, but people don't like it. Yeah, right. Right? Uh, but it is different in open wheel. You can't have a pack race like you guys do in Daytona and Talladega and then on an open wheel because those things will happen. Yes. So we started, we'll start changing the sport a little bit. The biggest concern was the fans, right? Mm-hmm. What are they going to think? Right. You know, is, are they going to stop watching? And, 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 and so it's been a working progress right. since. But, you know, Dan's death, um, there's not a, a day, you know, every once in a while that I, I don't think about it. But mm-hmm. it made us stronger. And right. it, made me, it made me realize that life is short. I mean, again, I lost my dad. I was 13. And, you know, when you're that young, I mean, it is a huge loss. But I lived more than double of my life without him so you kind of get used to it and you kind of and you're really young you're innocent so i don't think i realized how big that was Mm -hmm. at the time when you're older you feel it a lot more you probably know more looking back now exactly yes so with that i mean it it really it just uh, it made me think differently made me appreciate racing more because like you said we're talking about before we went on air you just you go racing, right? And that's all it is. And if it's if the racing is bad, your entire life is bad. Your yeah. week is bad until the next weekend. And then the next, next weekend is bad, then your week is bad again. But then what about the rest of it? Right. Your wife, your kids. Why do they need to suffer for that? And that's then, right. So since then, I started to change my point of view. Sunday is done. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. We have Tuesday's meetings at the shop, yep. which you guys do yep. too. We discuss, we argue, we or we celebrate. Yep. yep. But between that Sunday and Tuesday, it's forgotten. And then Tuesday we talk about it and it's over for me. And then I go enjoy my kids. I go do whatever, ride my bike, whatever I need to, to do. Because you don't know. I mean, the reality is, I mean, people, I mean, I say this and, and I don't mean to be dramatic, but every time we jump in that race car or anybody's at the racetrack, 
you don't know if you're going to come out of it. Just to be clear, it's not dramatic when it's truth. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, like, like it's, that's what I want the listeners to understand is, is – is that's the reality. Dramatizing is making something a bigger deal than it really is. This is not. You're right. This is the absolute fact of, of and, what and you guys again, do. And again, and people ask me, and then I said, and, and are you okay with that? Yes. Yeah, we I have am to be. Okay you made that, that decision, right? right? And then and, and just to, to finish that with, with, if you had asked, knowing then the way I knew, and if you could ask me, look, man, we all going to go, right? One day, yeah. everybody's going to die. If you could choose... How would you go? How would, would you like to? And then I think uh, he got his answer. I said, that, that would be the quickest way, and that's it. It's, um, so it's a fraternity that all racers are in. I'm going to claim to be in by association because I do not strap. I've made my living, and I love raking, but let's be clear that, that I don't do what you do. Mm-hmm. I've always said that. When, when people get frustrated with drivers and their short temper or their irritations or their, their competitiveness, I've always said, they are um, a beautifully different breed. They are not like the rest of us. So, and that's a compliment if someone can believe it, but it's true. Um, it's a part that connects all of motorsports, a part that we would love didn't connect any of it, but it's simple. It's yeah. a fact of it. And, and, and I think with, with, with his death actually brought us a lot closer. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we're actually more prepared because it already happened. You can't avoid it. What happened to just, Justin Wilson that's as right. well. So we, we have a, actually an extremely tight community as far as drivers and wives and kids yep. that, Steve, at the end of the day, it's just a race. Right. You know, and that what is I a love, lot more than that. And what I love, though, is it's not just a race during the race because I think that would lessen it for the fans. I mean, let's be clear. I've seen race car drivers race each other into insanity, get out and congratulate each other. Yeah. Right? They, they, like I said, it's a different I mean, Elio and I, we've been racing together since we were 10 years old. <laughs> and we love and hate each other probably right. every time. And today, that obviously we're 44 years old, both of us, and we just laugh about everything we've done. But yeah, I, actually, we went on and we didn't speak for two years. Right. You know, but so basically, but after that, we actually start talking again because it's just, it's just not right. You know, it's just. Well, I'm going to use Dan Weldon as my transition because. Um, I got to see the Borg Warner in person for the first time this year. I came up. I went to Dario's uh, Scotch event. I was kind enough to be invited, and he had the trophy there. And there was an area on the trophy that I wanted to see, and it's Dario in 10, Weldon in 11, Dario in 12, TK in 13. All the three of us together. So your legacy, like it or not, an IndyCar fan knows everything about Tony Kanaan. A NASCAR fan, maybe so. A general race fan, you cannot be more connected to the Indy 500 than anyone else in the world. Definitely, and I'm talking about your, your owner, who's, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have won it multiple times. When I read through it, I mean, where should we start? Led the first seven. I mean, like. So, so Led like, more than 200 laps, yeah. which is the total of the race so, laps. So, so, so I wanna, I'm going to go through these. Okay. Rookie year. Led 23 laps. Get caught in oil, wreck. Leading the race. Leading the race, Was mind the first you. car to go through the yeah. oil. You found crash. oil for everyone else. Yeah. 2003, second year. Started second, finished third. So far, in my mind, my heart hasn't broken for you yet. Even as bad as the first year one, I've tried to win the Daytona 500, and I'm a true believer, and some has to be taken away before you can appreciate winning it. Yep. So I'm okay so far. 04, when I read 2004, I, uh, I had a hard time with this one. Running second. When the rains hit at lap 174, 
No, actually. So just to yeah, go please. back. No, you tell, take, no, take me through. I was in the lead. Okay. And they come on the radio and they said, Buddy Rice's Buddy had a problem in the pits. He was quicker, but he said they said, save fuel because it's 27 to go. Yeah. So for, for the new listener, to go. fuel is going to be in a lot of these conversations because the Indy 500 is a lot about pace and fuel consumption. Fuel consumption. Right. So they said, let him buy because oh he's going to have to pit. So yeah, this is, these are the stories I didn't know. So I let him buy. I mean, am I sorry? It was the right I, strategy. He, it was the right strategy. Correct. Steve, I'm a big believer that some sometimes when you see a dominant car, they deserve to win the yeah, race. I completely that agree. That doesn't work like that. Yeah, Racing is not yeah. that fair. And eighty yeah. percent of the time, that doesn't happen. But so he deserved that one. But he was not going to win it. So, so I let him go. You had the lead. Let Buddy Rice go, so you can. Three laps later, it rained. <laughs> and, and and this is when people hear these things nowadays, where they're like, "That doesn't make any sense." I'm like, "Look, this is 04. There wasn't a weather app on your phone, no. like like this." Well, it's like you can see dark skies. Dark, see yeah, but like twenty-six that. laps to speedway. Yeah. I mean, that, those, it's, you, it's, you, it's fifteen minutes. Yeah. Oh, know. I didn't know that part yeah. of the story. Yep. Come back the next year, pole. Pole. Um, I don't have any notes here. Pole crash. Uh, had a suspension failure, running second. It was one of the biggest crash I had uh, in my life. Okay, because I remember the mechanical failure from '09. We're going to get to that. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. Oh, so. Yes, well, we had, that was the even bigger. Yes. Oh, boy. Even, you, boy. You remember. Right, I've done trying to do my homework All here. Right. Um, 2006, by my calculations, while you were leading with 20 laps to go, it seemed like a more normal Indy 500 playing out. The fuel strategy just, is it fair to say, just was the wrong, you were on the wrong side of the fuel strategy that year? Because you yeah. were leading inside 20 it but had to come the, get fuel. The, the way the yellows came out. Yeah, right, right. Nothing racing. you could have done, yeah. though. So now just to be clear, 02, 03, 04, 05, 06. These are all potentially race-winning cars. Yeah, well, we led every time. I know. I, I, it crushed me the more. But this next one is what hurt the most. <laughs> 2007. And I had to laugh because this is the year that stung my career the most. You were leading the Indy 500 at lap 113 when the race was red flagged for rain. Yeah. So it was more than halfway. More than halfway. That, yeah, okay, let's go through it. Lap 100, it's, it can be official. 101, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. have to complete it. You. And you're at lap 113 leading for rain. And it was a lengthy rain delay. Three hours. Three hours that rain, and then another hour and a half to dry. And we restarted the race. It was 6.30 in the afternoon, which is unheard of. Although, you know, Midwest, it gets Yeah, it's dark. light and all, but, but I agree. Let, let's go back to, in my opinion... You probably can or choose not to. My opinion, that was a precedent. They were going against all precedent because I have seen Indy 500s canceled in a shorter period of time. Yes, but then you go back and you think about after the split, all the attention that you know we're trying to I build the series. That. That's the, the fans. biggest. And, and the let's fans be clear. Get mad. I mean, let's be clear. More people watch the Indy 500 than perhaps all the other races. So I mean, all these people paid to be here. They've mm -hmm. been here since 9 in the morning. We're just going to call it halfway. How mm. mad they're going to be? Blah, oh. blah, 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 blah. Anyway. As a competitor, though. <sighs> yeah, but as a competitor, Steve, you can't think like that. You know that Did better. you ever, in that rain delay, did you ever let it sink in? Or did you stay no, in? No, did you, did you sit there saying? Obviously, deep inside, I'm like, come yeah, on, yeah, come on, but, come but on. But I'm it, talking it, your instant, it. like in, in your race driver preparation, you were ready to get back I in the car. I was ready to get back in the car. And to be honest, deep inside, I'm not saying that because I already won. That was going to be a sweet, sweet victory. 
but if there is a way to win, and I wanted it to win it right. I hear you. I hear you. You know what I mean? Like I leading you. the right lap. Yeah. But, but now, I would take on, it. Don't I was take say, me wrong. I'll, I'll put on that. I just <laughs> told um, uh, we had an NASCAR winner first ever time, one at Daytona with a little I weather. I saw thing. it. I saw and, it. And, and I said right on TV, I said, let's just be clear. When he puts that trophy in his trophy case, there's it no does. there's no story to go. That that's his trophy. When they look at the paper and says he won. Oh yeah. They, that is eighty percent of the people have no idea what happened. He's the winner. So it's funny you mentioned the paper. So I know you lost your father. I've been fortunate enough that my dad is the reason I race. That's all I've ever done. He told me one day as a crew chief, I was complaining about a story, and he said, "You're looking at the wrong side of the newspaper." Like this old guy. What are you talking about? He goes, "Flip it over." So I flip over the sports section, and there's the box scores. The box scores. He said, "You see all that fine print?" I said, "He goes, that's what matters." The other stuff is somebody's opinion. He goes, that stuff back there, that's fact. That's the fact. And I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to race from now on. So I digress. All right, so 07, still winless, but you've led all seven. Uh, in 08, you go again, you lead, but get in an accident of some sort. Yeah, we uh, uh, tried to pass, uh, actually, Marco tr- dove on the inside of me in turn three. I got in the marbles and I crashed. Yeah, and yeah. we've seen that happen. It's easy to do there. How about this one? 09. So I wasn't aware of the big crash that you mentioned. Yeah. 09. I have seen it. I have. I mean, no, thank you. Not interested. First time you've never led the Indy 500 in your career, but you have that huge. I think it was a drive shaft failure, and I'm yeah. talking a gigantic hit. Yeah, mid mid in the middle of the back straightaway at 200. It was a 228 when they failed, so it turned straight into the wall on the right, which it wasn't a big hit, but then it yeah. wiped the entire right side of the car then i lost my brakes then i hit the wall again mm-hmm. with nothing to crush into turn four three which i had nothing to crush so mm. broke seven ribs um and had a little bit of a concussion but that's uh, and that's it's funny so then i think this is so appropriate <laughs> we have seen Hinchcliffe miss yeah fernando alonso miss, miss. And, and and I don't want to say this at their expense, and I don't want to say this at, at, at McLaren's expense, but missing the Indy 500 this year, a world champion, missing the Indy 500, validates, in my mind, as backwards as I may see things, validates what the Indy 500 is. I, I, I agree. Does that make sense? I like, like it, You just don't show up. You just don't, like, like we're talking. It's a, not a, that easy. A worldwide company known for performance comes over here and misses the race. So your story, 2010, <laughs> crash on pole day. Well, one of the best teams. I mean, I wasn't like... So let's so be clear, right. Right, so in 2010... So going for the pole, I go out to qualify, and um, I still cannot explain. Um, it's one of those things when you're relying on wings and wind yes. and conditions. Went through turn one, demolished the car. But that was Saturday, pole day. Uh, the rules were a bit, a little bit different, mm-hmm. so we could actually still qualify on Sunday for the pole. It was yep. a different. I don't even remember exactly the way they yeah, right, were. Right, right. So we crashed. Like, ah, no big deal. You know, we're gonna. F- don't worry, TK. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, we're, yep. we're gonna fix it for tomorrow. We'll be fine. Sunday morning, we have 30 minutes as yeah, like a, warm a little up. warm up. Mm-hmm. I go out, first lap. Same thing crash in the same place. I, mean, I didn't see the video, but everything I've read said they exactly are eerily the similar. Exactly. If, if, if when they play the crash, you, you think, think it's, it's the same, the same one? Number. Oh, man. So that was my Indy 500 car. Then the tub was destroyed. So we had to go to our backup car. At that time, Michael Andretti was running 
five cars to the 500. Right. So, so for the new listeners at home, here's what happens. The, the teams that run all year long, the Indy 500 is, is a bigger field, first of all. It's 33 uh, multiple. This is not. I, I don't mean to interrupt. No, just no, so no. they explain. Please. Like Penske, Andretti, the big teams. You um, you the, you add a couple cars add, because uh, you want to have more. As a team only, you want to have more chances. Yeah, to win. more more bullets. But Michael is actually still racing at okay. the time, so he had a car for him for himself. So basically, my backup car had gone through. I think to him or whatever. Right. So you're down the list of cars at this. No, point. we're no. The, basically, the way we were. Uh, you know, every team, every driver has two cars. And then we have, we had a couple spares. They're road course cars. They're aerodynamically, oh boy. which people don't understand that. But it's like, yeah, it is the same car. But the, the way that the body work, we have a body work, the, the way that fits, the way we kind of like massage the car, the aerodynamics and everything. The gearboxes are different. Mm -hmm. I demolish everything. And we didn't have a spare Right, speedway gearbox. Yeah, so we right. had to put a road course one that has, you know, the bearings <laughs> oh, are a little bit oh, different. Yeah, blah, oh yeah, blah blah blah. Anyway, they put it together in a hurry, and we go out and we try to qualify, and I wasn't fast enough all day long. So the qualifying started at uh, at 11, 11 a.m., and I did my attempt, and I wasn't in. And I did three attempts, and I wasn't in. And we couldn't find the speed. We couldn't find the speed. Mm -hmm. All day long. So at four o'clock in the afternoon, Ryan Hunteray was actually locked in the field. Um, Michael goes, take that gearbox out of that car and put it on Tony's car. Um, Which Bravo, good owner. He's like, listen, he's well, a racer. He knows. He's we, a racer. Yeah. 7-Eleven ah, was going to miss the race. Not I good. Mean, That's not bad good. for the owner. That's bad at for the everyone. Time, uh, Ryan was uh, new at the team, but also, you know, 7-Eleven was the older sponsor yep, we had. Right, right. So we were not hurting Ryan because yeah, no, the no, gearbox no. was going to come in. back. Yeah, he right. was in. You're going to borrow it to make the race. Yep. So anyway, um, put that gearbox in. We grabbed the front wing from Ideki Mutok. We had a Japanese driver as a teammate that time. Put it in my car. And Danica's rear wing, because they're all different. Yeah, right, I mean, right. you tell them they're the same, but yeah. they are not. They are not. Know. They are not. And if you look at a picture of the car, it's like Frankenstein. Right? <laughs> and we went out at, uh, so 5.30 was the gun. At 5.20, and I made the field uh, dead last. So in, in all of your racing career, and there's been a lot of ups and downs, when, when you crossed on lap four, because for the listeners, Indy 500 is not one lap like you see in NASCAR. It's a four-lap average. When you crossed lap four and you were in, Give me that moment right there. Was I, it? I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I cried. I cried. I, oh, I, I've been crying, like, for sure. I, I mean, I crossed the finish line. They said, you're in. Thank God I had my helmet on and I had a cool down yeah, lap right, to, to do. To kind of compose yourself. To kind of compose myself. But I, 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 funny because I joke with my friends. And actually, I told Lauren, my wife, I said, Lauren, look, if, if, if one day I'm, I'm, like, in a hospital bed or right. about to go, I'm going to look at you and say, I would have four more years of life if I hadn't gone through that, <laughs> that day. day. That day. Well, but, so the you know, story we, gets we better, started though. that last. Well, I was going to say, so and the story we led the race. Better. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say the story. So I had a whole qualifying day, but then explain to everyone. The, the rumor goes, make sure I get this right, they were repaired the primary. You go so back then to the I primary. qualified 31st, actually. Yeah. It was actually good and so good. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> it right. went from, from 35th to 31st. Right, right. And 33 yep. cars qualified. But then. The rule is if you don't race the car that you qualify, right. you got to go to the back of the Correct. field. Well, the back of the field, the Indy 500, it's three rows of three. Yeah, you just went to I that. was in the last row on <laughs> the inside, and <laughs> I went to the last row on the outside. And, and, 
So and we it's fixed one of the, the car. Best drives ever. I mean, you went from 33 to the race lead, ended up 11th through We steady, start the race uh, that last, and by lap one, by, by, by turn two, I had passed 11 cars. Yep. And we ended up leading the race, but then strategy didn't play, and I had to pit with, I don't know, how many laps. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So that was 2010. To this point, still have not won it. 2011, first year with KV. You have a issue on pit road fueling, I want to say. Didn't yeah. you run out of gas? Took a while to fuel. Came yeah. back to finish fourth. New team, small team. I thought that was pretty good. 2012, you led late, finished third, which that, I'm not trying to pick on you, but that's kind of like the Indy 5. A lot of guys lead late, and the fuel just, I mean, it's, it is a bear to win, let's no, say No, and that. then you're talking about like a, a KV, a small team. We finished third against two Ganassis. It was yeah, Dario right, and right, Dixon. Right. So it was like, whoa. Exactly. So basically, you took your at the time – you, you know, your nice Chevelle and out behind two Corvettes. I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, unfortunately, but that's, that's the roots. But then 2013. It was a special year. And then, and did you then, ever, did you ever leaving 12, did you ever say, I'm never going to win this damn race? No. So here's, here's the story, right? So I love to talk about this because it's actually reminds me that day. And funny enough, I actually, uh, we have a nine month old baby and she was really unsettled last night. And she woke up at two, and Lori and I put her to bed. She went back to bed. I couldn't go back to sleep, and I went downstairs. And I actually, for some reason, I, I turned the Indy Five, the 2013 Indy Five Hundred. I love it. So anyway, back to it. That's like your pacifier, man. <laughs> right? Like kind of like, I, listen, I, hear I no, Stephen, I hadn't watched it in years. It just awesome. felt like it. You know, obviously we're having a tough year. I'm like, you know, I need, I need a little bit of a reminder what. A reminder of why you sit in that car. No, and then actually, I have to say the way I have the Borg Warner in my house. Actually, what happened, what triggered was I came down the stairs. Yeah. And as soon as I come down, and I did it strategically when we built the house. When I come down the upper floor from mm -hmm. the bedrooms, the first thing I see is the Borg Warner there with a light that actually. So That's it was 3 in the morning. The light was on. I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to do that. That's awesome. So in 2012, uh, we finished the year. Jimmy and I sat down and we said we were struggling for sponsorship. And we said, look, um, we're never going to win the championship against Penske, Andretti, you know, those guys. We don't have the budget and the Just, people. Yeah. So what should we do? What, what, what matters? What matters to you? What matters to me? And what matters to every know, sponsor, to in, every the sponsor right. in the sport? Right. The 500. So we bought a new car. Um, the, ra the 500 is the race number five of the year. And through the entire winter, all we did was massage the car. Massage, I mean, you know, yeah, right. body work and right. buying the right gearbox in that car. So the deal was I could not crash my primary car the first four races. Because that was your backup. Because we're, yes. And we're and, not and using I, it. And we're not using yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, but at the end of 12, Steve, so 13, 13 started it. We had money to do up until the 500. That was going to be it. So going into that month, in February, I was at the go-kart track. And I took my 11-year-old, which at the time it was, I don't even know. I got to do the math, but he yeah. was young. About six years ago. He asked, yeah. yeah, so he was like five or six. He asked me, seven, to go go-karting because he wanted it to try. So I took him for the first time, and I actually tied um, a rope in my go-kart and I pulled him around and then he, we spent the whole day there eventually he was just driving around we raced one time I won one time he won yeah. a two-lap race the third time he won so it was two two yeah, one right. and then I said 
Let's do another one. He's like, no, 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 I'm tired. You because know? obviously. <laughs> I'm tired. I have the lead. So, I'm tired. So we got in the car and we're driving home. And then I'm trying to explain to this kid. I'm like, I need to tell him that it, that's not going to work like that in life. I'm yeah, trying right. to teach him yeah. a life lesson. So I go, Leo, look, you can't, you know, it's, you got to learn how to lose because that's, you know, you're going to lose a lot more than you win. Mm-hmm. He turned around and says, yeah, because you know a lot about losing because you haven't won a race in a long time. Kids can be brutally honest. At the time, I want to just stop in the middle of the highway and drop him off right there. <laughs> but And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to win the Indy 500, and I'm going to get you the Borg Warner. You're going to put it in your nightstand because every morning that you wake up, you're going to see who won that thing. That so That's good. how it started. That is awesome. So then um, I, leading into May... Um, I said, thinking to myself, I said, this is might be the last time I do this race. So how about, like you just said to me, how about um, I wanted to enjoy in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Every year was the pressure. Is this the year? Right, is right. this the year? Canaan, the greatest not to win, yep. blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? I always said that. The track will pick the winner. It doesn't matter how, it, in my opinion, she still does. Yes. I said, I'm going to go in and I want to enjoy everything from the driver parade for the sponsor appearances that for a driver sometimes. That's right. Like, Man, I just want to, I just want to race. Mm-hmm. So I, I took a different approach and I kind of like took it that that was going to be my last Indy 500. So I've enjoyed everything from day one. And I think that helped psychologically to take that pressure mm-hmm. out of me. Um, I've there are many things that happen. I don't know if you have it there, but I'll, I'll keep saying. If you want to chip in, you can. Yeah, no. I, listen, you can tell the story. So, it's your story. I just want to bring it up. So, uh, a few years back, uh, I went to. Um, we do a lot of hospital visits, right? And um, do you know the story? No, but I've, okay. I well, I've heard pieces from okay. people, but I want to hear it from you. So. During the month of May, we do a lot of hospital visits. I lost my dad to cancer. I decided to go to Riley Hospital here in Indy and entertain some kids, you know, to make their day a little bit better. And I had this good luck charm that my mother had given to me when I was eight years old. It means, I mean, it may mean anything. It's just, it's a little donut with a bunch of colors painted by a Brazilian artist mm-hmm. that we probably don't even know, those guys in the street. And I used to wear around my neck. And granted, I was eight, so back right. in 2010, I think, or no, 2009, it didn't fit in my neck anymore. <laughs> I used to wear it in my pocket. Right. My mom gave to me and says, I, I want you to wear this every time you race because it's going to protect you because that's all your parents care, right? Yeah, that's right. I'll win, not lose, mm-hmm. as long as you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that day, I left the track in a hurry, and uh, it always stays in my pocket in my suit. So I guess, I guess, I'm assuming I took it out of my suit because it was going to wash, and I put it in my pocket. And went to the hospital. So we did. We entertained the kids downstairs. They have a big room, autograph sessions, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody says, hey, do you want to go upstairs? There are some kids that could not come down. They yeah, cannot right. even move. Yeah. So I said, sure. Anyway, in one of those rooms, there's this girl, Andrea. And she is actually, I walked in. Her mom was standing beside her. She was asleep. I mean, sedated. And I'm looking at her pictures in the wall. And I see her face like a cute blonde little girl and I'm like what happened she says well she was playing softball and like 
had a stroke and fell and, wow. and here we are and she's having surgery tomorrow and we don't know depending on that surgery um that's what's going to dictate if she's going to leave or not and while i was talking to her i always have the habit to put my hands in my pocket i put my hand in my pocket i was like i said look i don't know what you believe if you believe in god or whatever mm -hmm. but this is, has nothing to do with god right, or anything right. else my mother gave me this when I was eight years old to protect me. And I've been wearing it in my pocket ever since my entire career. Would you take this and put it in her wow. gown or whatever yep. it is so it can't? Mm. She's, she's of course, a mother. I can't. You have kids. I have oh, kids. Yeah. I cannot even imagine going through that. So they took it. I went on. I went off. And anyway, she had surgery, was extremely successful. Years goes by, I don't hear anything. Yeah. That, well, she's fine, yeah, awesome, right, right, right. Great. great news, right? Never ask for anything back or anything. Yep. So get back to 2013. Right. First week of testing, I get back to my bus, and there is this big yellow envelope sealed with my name on it. And so I open it. Yep. There is a letter. Hey, Tony, it's Andrea. I wow. hope you remember me. Uh, now I'm... I don't know how many yeah, how old, yep. years old yep. and I'm getting married actually. I'm about to, to you know, I met my guy and he proposed blah, 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 blah. And I've been watching you since and I know your quest to win this, this, this race and this is your year. And because I believe it's your year, here's your look, good luck charm back. Put That's it in amazing. your Put it in your pocket and you're going to win it. All right, great. So put it in my pocket. But then let's let's go back. So leading into that month, it was we worked on the race car every day. I didn't care about qualifying. We just worked on the race car. I said we started. You know, we started thirty third, and we led the yeah, race. Right, so it doesn't right. matter if, if if it goes right, it goes right. Mm -hmm. We started thirteenth. No, twelve. Sorry, we started twelve, and Jimmy and I. I have this thing about numbers, right? I'm always, I'm not superstitious, but I I like coincidence yeah, like that. Yeah. Jimmy's lucky number was always 12. Uh, my number was 11 because of 711. Yeah, and yeah. actually, I took that number with me right. to, to KV. Um, starting 12, Jimmy's like, this is a good number. Uh, pit selection, 12. Jimmy's like, man, this is a good number. Um, we go to dinner the Saturday night before the race. Uh, Lori and I go to a sponsored dinner, and we're driving back to the track. And she's like, "How do you, you know, wife? Said, yeah, how, yeah. Do you, how do you how do you feel yep. about tomorrow?" I'm like, "I don't know. I, f I feel good. I think it's, uh, you know, it will be. Uh, we have a good car, so hopefully we do things right, and I might get my shot." We, uh, while we're talking. On the last traffic light, right here in Speedway, before we turn right into the tunnel, it goes red. I stopped and we talked. I turn around and I look the odometer in my Tahoe. 11, 11, so 1,111 miles. It was I'm like, Lauren, do you see this? It says 11, 11. She goes, it's a sign. Yeah. I'm like, shut up. You know, just. Yeah, yeah. We turn into the, to the speedway. That was 8.30 at night. The pylon 
Oh, yeah, doing the warm-up, right, right? Yeah, right. they have all the numbers. Yep. It was not the new one. It was still yep, the old yep, one. So you yep. have number 1 through 33, on the, so you know the position. So P1, who it is, mm -hmm. it's all off. The only one that is on is the number 1. What's the number beside uh, yeah. the number 1? Yeah, 11. 11. Yep. I don't know why. I'm like, <laughs> that can't be right. So anyway, so goes through the race, and we, we start the race, and by lap, I think... We move up by lap 20. That was in the lead. And uh, it was, you know, a very uneventful race until it went yellow with five to go. Somebody crashed, and I was sitting second, which that's what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to lead. The leader is always a sitting duck. Yeah. Yep. So three to go. We're going to go green. I go on the radio, and I said, Jimmy, it's going to be all or nothing. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, right. I'm here. I'm We're, here. I'm yeah. going to go for it. Yeah. And it was a lot of lead changes at the time, so you don't yeah, want to lead. Right? It was like 68 that 68, year. 68, yeah. yeah. The fastest Indy 500 we ever yep. had as far as... Because yep. it was last yellows and stuff. I said, I don't care. I want to get to the lead. And if I lose the lead in the last lap, but I'm going. Yep. And he says, we have the best guy in the wheel. Just do what you got to do. And, you know, restarted it. I passed Hunter Ray on the inside. And by one of those things destiny or what dario actually went wide and crashed and uh that was a race so i love but, you know back going back to that race in 07 yeah that rained yeah right you know who won that race dario did. yeah dario in the rain i remember the, so, the image of you in coming a way look, look, yeah. at, look at the destiny maybe it, he gave the track it back decides to me, like the ball I mean? decides exactly. in other sports the track decides and steve to be honest with you i think you asked me that question, you know, did I appreciate my championship right. when I won? And then I think, to be honest, it came at the right time. Look at, look at, if, if this, it could be actually, the, could be a movie. If you talk about it, yeah, it was a right. script of a movie. It's right. not, it, this is not real. It looks like, you, did you make that up? I did not make that up. So it was uh, the best day of my life um, in my career, in my yeah. professional career. Right. Um, like you said, I mean, I've, I've became who I am because of the Indy 500, my fan base. I mean, it's something that, you know, it's, uh, I remember that day. I mean, they asked me, what was the best thing about that win? It was when I hop in that Corvette and I did the, the victory lap on top of it and every single person stayed. And, oh yeah, it was. It and, was. and, 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 and honestly, like, like I, I'm, I'm a fan. Like I'm a fan of every sport. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I was a huge Dale fan. I was a, a, a huge Michael Jordan fan. Mm -hmm. But me being in that position, I could not understand how 300,000 people, whatever, how many we had there, they could be so happy right. for me. Right. Like what? What did you do I, to deserve this? What did this? I do to right. deserve this? Right. Right. So it was. It was. Uh, you know, again, uh, uh, if 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 I had to wait 12 years to win it, I mean, it was well worth it. I loved your quote. I chopped it a little bit. It was longer, but basically it says, I was known for not winning, and now I'm known for winning. Exactly. Well, because it was true. That's and then, so uh, great, though. And then my, my biggest fear after that was the following year because, then again, right. we're going to stop. And I, actually, that lent me a job with Chip. Right, right. And here I am still. Yeah, we're talking about 2019. I have 397, uh, you know, IndyCar races. Uh, I beat my boss last week on 
most career starts, um, I was like, how about these people now? They're going to stop cheering for me because I finally <laughs> won. won. They're going to go to, no, who's the next guy? No, they still love you. And, you know, I never stopped. They so. still love you. So, um, I, I got. I, I appreciate the time. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do have. Uh, I'm enjoying so it. We so do don't this. Worry. We do this uh, real quick section. It's, it's just a quick fire, right? Okay. So it's five questions, very simple. Okay. We're gonna see if you like them. Very simple. First one: If you're not a race car driver, what would you be doing? An FBI agent. Oh my! That's a whole nother podcast for another time, <laughs> but I like it. All right, you're quoted. You hate to talk about ifs, so I'm gonna ask you an if. Um, one race, you only get one. One race you could redo. Your whole career. Well, it can be one that I haven't done. Anything you want. No, that I haven't done. Yeah, oh, yeah, or you could add that, a race you want to run. Okay, I would run the Daytona 500. I love that, love that. We'll get into another conversation about um, the double Because header I don't take day. me wrong because uh, I've been around for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I've done – I'm being very fortunate to – I've done every single race I wanted it to do. Maybe not in the car that yeah, I wanted yeah. it to do, but that's one. Be careful you say that, too. We could get that lined up. Favorite <laughs> meal? Uh, rice, beans, and uh, beef. That's a typical Brazilian. All right. How about this one? What's mentally tougher, a triathlon for the distance or the Indy 500? Mentally tougher. A triathlon, big time. Just to keep yeah. going. My sister did a couple of Ironmans. Oh, so keep going. It's, it's depending 100% on you. Yeah. She said like, at one you point, fail, you fail. She said at one point it was not physical anymore. I mean, I, that, I, that's why I did the Ironman. Uh, when I did it in Kona, it was because to train mentally mm -hmm. to be able to do. And when it takes you 12 and a half hours to do it, right. a three-hour race is nothing. So this one, I, I want to get your, your thing. So you are known as an aggressive driver. Uh -huh. AJ Foyt, Max Pappas, I could list them. When you retire, off into the future, Jay Fry calls you up and says, TK, I want you to be the race steward. Could you referee a race? Could you be a steward and judge other drivers' positions? No, I don't think so. It's funny because I've heard that from a bunch and, of different. And, and honestly, I do not want that job. It's it's. No one loves the steward. No, no. <laughs> they got, you're gonna get hate regardless. Regardless, right or wrong, you you're gonna no. I, I love it, and I could not. All right, I got one more story that I dug up doing my research, and I just need to get your take on it. Uh, we know when it won the Indy 500, moved to Ganassi. We talked at the start of this podcast about AJ Foyt, what you're doing now. You mentioned you passed him in starts. That's great. Very simply, the rumor I heard is in 2013 pre-Ganassi, how close were you really coming to NASCAR? So <laughs> I heard you had conversations with JD coming to Gibbs. Yeah, I, I went. What was Dario's time frame? When did he drive for Dar Chip? No, so here's the deal, right? So back in 2000, I got Chip tried to hire me in 2009. So in 2009, I was racing for Michael, negotiating my contract. Mm -hmm. Granted, I left it in 2010 because yeah. the sponsor left. Yeah. But So Chip tried to hire me, and I said, okay, I'll come. And then last minute, I kind of had a change of heart. I mean, I, I felt that I needed to be loyal to Michael. He gave me the chance. I stayed. That's how Dario got his job back. Then he was struggling yep. in NASCAR. Yep. And that's how Dario won the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, right, so right. it's kind of like, <laughs> And, and I, I and, ever get you to come back. Well, right? And I lost my job. <laughs> so this was a tough turn for you. I know, man. Well, but you know, but <laughs> I then I wanted, but look what I landed. Yep. I won the 500. Right. So you know what? It, it all works it, around. It all works it around. So when I lost my job in 2010, I'm like, uh, 
maybe I want to go do NASCAR. But I, I'm extremely respectful of, of the series, the drivers, and I've knew, I mean, I've seen Montoya, I've seen Dario. I've never, never in my mind came across thinking, I want to go straight to Cup. You're right. It's I didn't want to do it. It's a different discipline. Yeah, you yes. can, it's, it's the same thing as we talk about the 500. You come here and you think you're going to yeah. qualify and win. You've never yeah. been here. It's not going to happen. Right, right. Might. You might get lucky, but right. it's not. So I think I, I felt that I needed it to warrant the respect. So first thing I did, I called Bodine because I wanted yep. to do a truck race. Yep. And, you know, uh, he uh, he runs the, yep. the, 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 the driver. They he have to the approve. driver guy. Yeah, got to approve. They have to approve. Um and he says, well, we'll be happy to have you. So next thing I know, um, I had one of uh, uh, one of my business managers at the time, Neil Gibbs, and mm-hmm. we go there. And because actually some of the Brazilian sponsors were, I had a beer uh, sponsorship that wanted to put some money, but then I find out that they don't, Gibbs does not yeah. take, take any alcohol yeah, right, cigarettes. Right. So that was, well, but then while I was there, Kyle Bush was like, "What are you doing? What are you, what are you, what are you doing for? here?" Right. I said, "Man, I'm I'm looking around." He says, and I said, "Actually, can can we talk?" Because he had the truck. Team. Yep, yep. So Miami, I lived in Miami. Miami last race, I go and and actually I go meet Kyle in his hotel, and he says, "Look, yeah, I do have a truck. This is the budget, blah blah." And I start working on it, and this deal with KV came up, and and I stayed. But yeah, it was. I'm not going to say it was this close, yeah. but it was like I was going to do – the plan was to do a, a, a full truck yeah, gr- yeah. championship to start. Yep. You know, and, and then I had – I was extreme. People were like, well, why, do you, why don't you go even to like – you know, at the time it was Bush, but nationwide. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me right, run. Right. I, need, I, I felt, first of all, I need to earn everybody's respect. Although some people said, even Baldine said, come on, you're an 8500 winner. Everybody yeah. knows this. It doesn't matter. Right, right. That well, sometimes it's, it's more be, how you want to do exactly. it. Exactly. And yeah. then I said, I, want, I need to learn. And right. if, if you guys are going to be around forever, so I, I'll do a year here, a year there, and then maybe. So anyway, but yeah, it was, I read it was that. an entertain. I read that when, we, uh, when I was doing my research. Well, I, uh, I'm not going to hold you up more. I think IndyCar is, is, strength, is stronger than ever. Super popular. I know us at NBC are so happy to have it. We were so happy to have the Indy 500. Um, Tony, I appreciate your time today. I'm going to call you an IndyCar veteran. You'll I become am. an IndyCar legend when you retire. Yeah, but yeah, while yeah, you're yeah, racing, you're not, still a veteran. Not, not doing that yet, just yet. So. All right. So the phone's ringing, which means we must have to go. So uh, I appreciate Tony. appreciate your time. This was great. Once again, this is Latard on location. We're at the wine vault, the Foyt wine vault. What a great thing. I, I need a wine vault. Yeah, I mean, if you guys uh, they are listening, you guys are in Indy or if you come visit Indy, we're right across the street from the Speedway. So what do they call this little strip? Because this is new. This is like the main this street the main, right on the corner. Main street, which is Speedway Town is trying to. So we have the Dallara, the IndyCar manufacturers yep, yep, here. Yep. A couple of the shops are here. And so Larry actually has, Larry Foyt has a, a wine business. Then he opened this wine club. So this is a club and you can actually, every afternoon they're open, you can come or you can be part of the club or and actually the shop is actually attached that sounds like a good afternoon so for me come, in come visit us all right well listen i really appreciate your time once again this is latard on location with tony canon in indianapolis at the Foyt wine vault as always subscribe rate and review let us know tk thanks for your time oh, great as always great great conversation <laughs>